0: Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials podcast. It is 7.33 p.m. on Thursday, September 5th. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle.
1: And Samuel Shoyola.
0: We're the creators of marriagemillennials.com, where we help millennials see God's design for faith, smart dating, and preparation for marriage. Pretty much, we teach millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one and prepare them for family if that is a current desire they have.
1: Alright, and before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with us after the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on the site MarriageForMillennials.com, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MFMillennials. Rose Twitter and IG handles are at Rochelle Shayola, and mine is at Samuel Shaiola so feel free to follow and talk with us there as well also the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so that you won't miss an episode just type marriage for millennials in the search bar and it'll pop right up for
0: you last thing if you've been following or even if you haven't there are a ton of cool things on the site from books to free courses products and more so feel free to check those out as well all righty guys let's, let's jump in, in. Hey, (laughs) Um, we're excited
1: today. Yes,
0: we really are. I I don't know if you can like hear the smiles coming from like, I don't know if you know sometimes they say like when you're calling someone, Mm -hmm. they can like hear if you're smiling. Um, Well, that's what we're doing today. Um, (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, hey, guys, um, we're back with another podcast. Um, Hope you wrapped up a great weekend. Um, Had a great start to your week. Um, We had a pretty family filled weekend um, this week.
1: We had um, we had some we had Rochelle got to cook her first Nigerian cuisine this week. I did. Which was awesome. We invited my mom over and she actually really liked uh, Rochelle's um, recipe today. I mean, recipe that day. And um, yeah, so there was that. And then we spent time with your mom.
0: We did. We did. We're going to be traveling in the next couple of days. So she kind of wanted to see us before we left, you know, mom. So um, that was a good time um, as well. And then besides that, we just kind of caught up on some TV shows, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. just kind of uh, chilled out. Um, So that's what we did. And again, we hope you had a great weekend. So um, well, now that that was all the excitement (laughs) about right now that we got all the formalities out of the way. um, We wanted to jump right into the podcast as we do have some special guests with us today. Um, Today we have Rachel and Austin Hope from Because Marriage Matters. And this podcast is Really going to be a party of four today, which I'm really excited about. Um, for those of you guys unfamiliar with Rachel and Austin, they are certified marriage coaches based out of Kansas City, Missouri. And they're the founders of Because Marriage Matters, where they counsel married couples and create strategies for them to transform their marriage. Um, they also have three beautiful girls, um, and they serve in worship at Summit Park Church. Um, so uh, Rachel and Austin,
2: welcome. welcome.
3: Hey.
0: Hey. Thank you so much for having
2: us. Yeah,
3: we're excited to be here.
2: And thank you to the listener for being here. The fact that you're listening to this episode tells all of us that you care about your marriage and you want to see it flourish. And so I want to honor and appreciate you for listening.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, how are you guys?
3: We're doing great. great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's been a been a fun week because um, I'm actually doing a five-day fast. And ah. uh, I've never done a five day, but it's kind of a, a spiritual fast and just some like kind of resetting some some gut health and stuff like that. But just every time I feel hungry, I just try to pray and be thankful for you know what God's doing and what He's given us. And so it's been a it's been an interesting week <laughs> because yeah. no, about him, press in, brother, press
1: in, lean on them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've
2: Never apologized to Austin for cooking until this week. I'm like, I'm right. sorry, yeah. <laughs> Right. Throughout
1: the house, yeah, she's been. I
3: appreciate Rachel because a lot of a lot of our meals are smoothies because we're we're pretty yeah. healthy people, and the girls love smoothies and and so you know Rachel's made uh, an extra amount of smoothies this week. I think to help <laughs> um, um, reduce the smells, the aromas, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so yeah, it's, it's been a it's it's been cool. I've, God's shown up in some really cool ways this week, and um it's just been fun to be extra mindful and prayerful. And again, every time I feel hungry, I try to just. Count my blessings and and just you know continually seek the Holy Spirit's communion with us. And so it's been a it's been a great week though. We've had a lot of
1: we've had a I'm lot gonna, of fun. I'm going to need to definitely get some tips from you on how you deal with that, like at work or whatever, because yeah. I deal with that all the time.
3: It's you know it's uh, it's a lot of water. Uh, <laughs> yeah, drinking a lot. I think I've had almost a gallon and a half today, Woo. and um, carbonated water helps a lot. Um, it kind of churns up the stomach uh, acid and, you know, you, your thyroid releases this hormone called grayin. It, it, that's what tells you you're hungry. And so when you're like your stomach acid kind of gets churned up by the carbonated water, it helps you not feel you know hungry. But day one and day two are hard, but I woke up this morning of day three and I actually felt great. And I felt great most of the day. So it's my uh, doctor who's helping me go through this. She told me, she's like, yeah, day three, you'll feel fine. And I feel pretty good today. So Awesome. Awesome. Really
0: cool. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're going through with that and I'm glad it's going well. Um, I know we kind of introduced you guys formally a while ago, but if you don't mind, um, we'd love for you guys to kind of take the wheel and share in more detail to our listeners who you guys are, You know how, how you guys met, how long you've been married, and what exactly it is that you do for couples.
3: Yeah. Uh you wanna you wanna start this? So
2: we're Austin and Rachel, and we met. It's a funny story, and I I'll try not to take too much time saying it, but um it's pretty awesome. I love telling it. I hired one of his friends at a coffee shop that I worked at, and his friend liked me, and I went on a couple of dates with Austin's friend, and he was like, dude, Austin, you've gotta meet this girl. She's so <laughs> I'm totally gonna marry her.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and so he introduced us. And, and I was like, yeah, great. I'll take her. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But it, yeah, we didn't start yeah. dating until about eight months after that. We've yeah. best friends.
2: Just yeah. As soon as I met him, I was like, wow, this is, he's like nobody I've ever met. I could totally marry that guy, is what I thought in my head. Yeah. Because,
0: yeah. He's just, he's just his own breed. <laughs> awesome. So, how long have you guys been married?
3: We've married, we'll be married uh, eight years this October. So coming up on eight years. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Wow. Awesome. Yeah. That is so encouraging for us as like just hitting that um, one, year, one mark. year mark. Oh, um, that's amazing. So that's so awesome to hear. Um, so yeah, go ahead and uh, let our listeners know um, what you guys do for couples.
3: Yeah. So um, it really actually started back to when um, Rachel actually had started a wedding photography company back before we even knew each other. And so, um, one of the businesses that we ran for—Rachel ran for ten years—and we ran it for about eight years together was a wedding photography company. And it was pretty cool because that that company was always a ministry to us as well. It was called Salt and Light Photography, and um, a lot of our couples—I mean, lots of them—came to us for marriage advice. Uh, I think they just saw our marriage, and I think felt that type of you know unconditional love from us. And and so, um, when we started having kids and just other seasons of life happened, we we kind of decided that. We were gonna no longer shoot weddings, and and so um, when we made that decision, we just kind of felt like, okay, God, what do you what are you gonna replace this with? Like, what are you calling us to next? And and we just really felt like God was like, hey, instead of supporting couples and on their wedding day, we want you to support them in their marriage. And so um, it was really just kind of a total God thing that we created because marriage matters. And so um, we wanted to create a program that was accessible um, by anyone in the world. That could mm-hmm. get um, marriage support, coaching, counseling, uh, whatever you want to call it, and so um, we help couples create really thriving marriages, and we do that through a lot of different things. It's, I mean, imagine a blend of the you know values from our faith and also from you know cutting edge uh, counseling and therapy, and um, you know uh, trauma release type stuff, and just all the different. Really, it's all about God's design in us. About how our, our heart and our brain and our body are connected and how we can look for certain things in our relationship that, that are indicators to what needs mm-hmm. healed so we can be further connected in our marriage. And so we created an online program. And so we start getting couples from all around the country. We've got a couple couples outside of the U S as well, um, where we do live trainings every couple weeks and we put out lots of monthly material. We've got courses, all kinds of stuff. And then we started creating in-person events. And so um, I think we'll talk about that here at the very end, but we have we do three-day um, kind of intensive type events at, right out of our home in Kansas City. And so, um, yeah, we, we help couples that are either doing really great or couples that are on the edge. I mean, we've thank the good Lord. We've helped a lot of couples that had, you know, divorce papers in hand yeah. and um, are now back from that and are are have, having a thriving marriage.
1: Yeah. Praise God for that. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um
0: I know when we were doing our premarital counseling, um you know, our our counselors were very keen on like that biblical counseling and counseling and how it's like it can be completely different from other types of counseling. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I think that's, it's really great how you guys kind of merge those two together, um, just to, you know, keep everyone like-minded, but then also just infuse those practices that everyone needs to help their marriage. I think that's like, awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I think that, I think that both, if, if you had to say that like the Christian counseling and then like the, the worldly counseling were on two opposite ends of the spectrum, I would say that they both need each other. Um, you know, I would say that you know, the Christian counseling perspective um, could, could learn a lot from really the, the science of our brain and our body and our heart goes right back to God's design. Mm-hmm. And honestly, God created a lot of fail-safes in us that's kind of like, okay, if you screw your marriage up really, really, really hard, um, there is still the ability to redeem that marriage. And I'm going to let the pain be an indicator to what you need to talk about, what you need to heal, what you need to grow through. And, and obviously the the world of counseling that is is apart from the Lord you know obviously needs the Lord and needs the the values and the the, the foundation and, and salvation that comes through through knowing Jesus christ and and so our goal our dream is to continue to kind of blend those two perspectives um, to where we can give you know biblical godly counseling and also um, use a a depth of understanding of What's happening in our interpersonal interactions as married people and how that's shaping our connection and our marriage and what we can do, you know, because like we believe that we should pray and read the Bible and, you know, and embody all these, these principles. And we, we think that there's more depth to that um, that's, that's revealed to us through scripture, that's revealed to us through creation, that we can um, enhance connection, we can heal trauma between two people and that we can further glorify God with a really unified marriage.
2: Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, and it's like, we don't help couples do anything that we haven't experienced. Like yeah. everything that we teach, we've walked through ourselves. Yeah, So yeah. we know how incredibly life-changing it is, like yeah. how transformative it is. So that's why one of the many reasons why we're so passionate about it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we spent, um, we're actually one of only, I think about 10 couples in the world that both hold the uh, Hendricks Institute um, certification. Uh, the Hendrix Hendrix Institute teaches a wide variety of different cutting edge psychology and, you know, they wouldn't call it therapy because they don't like the idea of therapy, but they would call it, you know, just cutting edge psychology, relationship psychology, interpersonal neurobiology. And so, um, we spent a year going back and forth from Kansas city to California to, to earn that designation. And, um, which has been really cool because we're able to, again, bring the light of Christ into that world and, um, and use what we've learned there to just, you know, help couples really collapse time. And um, even couples that have, you know, said, man, I've prayed for 20 years that our marriage would just get better. And it's not like, what's going on? Like, surely God wants my marriage to be healed. And so we've really shown people how God wants to partner with us Mm -hmm. in in our marriage, you know, and it, you know, it's pray like it depends on God and work like it depends on you. That's Mm -hmm. St. Augustine said, and, and we really believe that. And so we're very thankful that, you know, God really equipped us um, in our own marriage growth and development and the things that we've gone through as a married couple so that we can help all these other couples face some of these, these challenges and these giants in their marriage with confidence, um, to, to grow.
1: So it's, it's been a lot of fun. All right. Excellent. That's great.
0: Definitely. Really, really great. Um, I'm so glad you shared that. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of jump into the podcast and then I really would love to kind of recircle, like you said, and talk more about what you were saying. So, um, So this podcast, for our listeners, um, we called it It's All Your Fault, because the four of us today, (laughs) we're going to talk about um, this kind of projection and um, things that we do as couples um, and just kind of tie in um, all of our opinions and just practices into that. So yeah, you know, naturally, it's very natural for us to project or just be, you know, people Ooh. blamers, you yep. know? blamers. Um, and I, I think that's something that kind of starts just in our innate being. I feel like we don't have to think twice um, to, to do something like that. I think even from, you know, just being a child or just your adolescence, that's something that can definitely be, be just second nature to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel and Austin, do you remember – those times like in your childhood where you started to project, or um, even now, with your kids, like do you guys have instances where you see just that natural desire to project, project in them?
3: And why do you think we do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you want to start mm-hmm. on this or you want me to go for it? Okay. So <laughs> I, I think it's, you know, it's a different conversation on why or why we can't remember certain periods of time in our life. But just I think, I think as a whole it's maybe difficult to look back like in our own adolescence and say okay i started projecting at age 3 4 5 or 6 right um, we can see it in our kids for sure but i think that i think the reason why is relatively clear you know most most projection is a defense mechanism um, it's mostly to help us avoid feeling negative emotions and i would say that most of our unconscious things we do like defense mechanism type stuff, passive aggressive type stuff is to help us avoid negative emotion. And so if you can imagine yourself like as a kid, imagine what you would do to avoid getting in trouble Mm -hmm. or feeling like your caregivers, your parents are upset with you or ashamed of you, et cetera. Right. So, you know, our sweet little brains develop this defense mechanism where we'll deny a feeling that we have, a habit that we have, a behavior that we have, in ourself and then we'll happen to see it in someone else as a way to not face what we're feeling or seeing in ourself.
0: Exactly. Oh okay. Yeah, exactly. And so um, Yeah,
1: go ahead.
3: You know, blaming others for what we feel or wrestle with feels less painful than taking responsibility for it. And in reality, you know, blame is really what's, you know, killing connection in marriages and friendships and all kinds of different connections. Um because it just it seems less painful to just see it in someone else than go okay what's going on in me?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know it's funny we we uh, just a couple of weeks ago we were in our small group and that was one of the the, the points that we particularly focused on. You know, Paul in particular uh, from a biblical side was always talking about how he was the worst of sinners, mm-hmm. and we might not have you know when you it's funny when we're looking at the Bible we don't think about psychological terms per se, but that is like the I guess almost the opposite of that in the sense that he was, as opposed to looking at everybody else for their problems, Mm -hmm. he was looking at the problems internally within himself first. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And to kind of piggyback on what you guys both were saying, I think that, you know, society kind of comforts us in that projection. Um, You know, like it's very easy, whether you're on social media, you're seeing quotes or you're watching a show or maybe you're on um you're watching a video or of somebody talking um it's not uncommon to like hear people teach things or say things that kind of um are under the premise of there's a circumstance or a person that has led you to be where you are or just is why you're feeling this way or is why you have the freedom to project or something like that you know you,
1: you yeah. know, i i I actually personally think I see this. In meme format, a lot, just certain, <laughs> certain memes that absolve people of the responsibility of certain, yeah. you know, or accountability, I would say. Yes. Yeah. But I would yeah. say
2: that's pretty popular, like not taking responsibility. Like, poor me, I'm just a victim to life, you know, yeah, and everybody yeah. else without, yeah, without taking any personal responsibility. Right. right. And
3: I would say, I would argue that one of the single greatest sources of anxiety that people experience as a culture is a lack of ownership of what they're experiencing in their life. And so, and, you know, we teach people that, you know, just be okay, just be fine. You know, we kind of do that to our kids. It's like when they get hurt, you know, we say, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. Instead of, Hey, does this hurt? Like, what are you feeling right now? You know? And so sometimes we start that, you know, that habit of anxiety young because we're, we're not teaching responsibility. And so, you know, a huge, an amazing epiphany happens when instead of, you know, not taking ownership for what we're experiencing to be able to say, okay, I take full responsibility for what I experience versus blaming anyone else. Or again, like, you know, absolving myself of responsibility.
0: Right, right. And um, all of that, you know, it makes it easy to project on others without seeing those areas of self-reflection, like we said, and, you know, bringing it to marriage um, when you get married, that. Doesn't change, yeah, you doesn't know. Stop. Um, that process can just continue to grow and just magnify as depending on the situation, the yeah. different chapters of your life, and um, things of that nature. Um, is that something you guys have ever experienced in your marriage? I know we have, especially um, being babies in the marriage game. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yes, I, I would say that it's funny you, you bring that up because um, one of the forms of therapy that we study a lot and that we Um, principles from that therapy that we help other couples and employ comes from a field called imago therapy. And imago therapy would say that, um, that marriage is kind of the completion of childhood. And so that's why a lot of times if we say to someone, can you remember life before you got married? And they're like, no, I can't remember life before I got married. Well, that's because Mm -hmm. your, your psyche is blending childhood and marriage together. And so, you know, we would argue that, that, marriage really is the completion of childhood. And so, um, when your psyche, when you, when you marry someone and your, your psyche sees permanence, it's relating your spouse to your parents. And so it's like, okay, this person is with me forever. This is permanent. They've committed to me. Now I'm going to let some of my unhealed crap come up to the surface. Yeah. Ah, Okay. I
0: I was just going to say that I was going to say, do you (laughs) think that's probably the reason why, you know, we kind of just Take things out on our spouses, and because we're thinking of all those things we wanted to get or um, yeah, yes. wanted to accomplish from our parents, but we're bringing it over to our new, I guess, person yeah. who's committed to us. Like you said, yeah.
3: yeah, and that's and that's why you know think about why do we get in such colossal fights with family? It's because we, with our, our unconscious is like, okay, well, if I'm going to let this come out on anyone, it should come out on the people that are least likely to leave me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why, that's why a lot of times it's only until you have a quote unquote best friend that like some bloodbath argument comes up and like all the friendships you have that are just kind of like, eh,
1: you know, acquaintances.
2: Yeah. Right. You know,
1: you typically. Like an, I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, good. Ahead, good. Ahead. I was going to say it's like an internal wager that you're making with yourself as far as like, if I say this, will I be ostracized or will I be right. accepted? And you know, it, when it comes to blood, they're not going to leave uh, you. Exactly.
3: And so when, when you get married, you kind of transfer, unconsciously transfer the role of caregiver from your parents to your spouse.
1: Gotcha. And
3: so um, so it's, it's really our belief that, um, you know, when you and part of what we teach our couples is a constructive, safe and responsible way to let that unhealed, unfinished business come up so that it can be um, healed through mutual creativity and emotional transparency versus it needing to come out indirectly through something like projection.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. And you know, I think it's always easier to blame, you know, your spouse or others than just working on those things that are of importance to you or like, you know, pretty much like your respectable idols. I guess like oftentimes we view like holding something to the highest regard as like a grand statue or something like that, but you know, there are more things that we place in the front of, you know, God and our spouse that we kind of get away with or like things that are considered more respectable. Um, but you know, like at the end of the day, they're still, um,
1: essentially idols that we bow to in some way, shape or form, which
0: cause us to project. Mm. And so, um, there's something important to us, whether something we either don't want to face or don't want to address or, um, just kind of want to put under the rug with ourselves which cause us to project onto other
1: people right. i
0: think wanting to Maybe. be respected
1: right uh so for example uh respect as rochelle just hit on is something that i think many men can they want to they want to they want to command respect. Right. So they want it from their wives. They want it at work. They want it amongst their social peers and whatever you know, circles they're in. And but, you know, I think what, what you said actually is kind of coming to mind, like maybe if it was in family, for example, in family, maybe you weren't respected. Maybe you were the black sheep of some sort or maybe there was something that was going on in your family and what you feel like you didn't get the respect you deserved. But now you have this marriage in which you have another committed person that's going to be with you for life. And those things are now coming up and you're willing to because you didn't get it when you were young. Now you're willing to do anything to get it, including sin. And it's nothing. Nothing's wrong with respect. Right. We see in the Bible that, you know, um, one of the things that uh, they ask wives to give to the husband, in particular, is respect and just like there's nothing wrong with love, right? They ask husbands to give love to their wives. But the the issue is, what are you going to do to get it? The means by which you go to get respect. Mm-hmm. I think that seems to be the issue and where people project. And they they think that you know maybe almost the smallest thing will be like, oh, she's disrespecting me or he's disrespecting me. When it's like, really, you're probably dealing with some stuff that you have not unpacked yet in your past yeah and so you're denying you're
3: denying that feeling in you and and casting it on the other person
1: right Right. yeah Mm -hmm. totally so Rachel um we wanted to hear your thoughts on maybe projection with regards to uh feeling protected
2: yeah like women women want to feel protected like oh my knight in shining armor come and save me like earlier today i had a crying baby and i was like babe please relieve me that's like my modern day knight in shining armor he comes and relieves me and says go leave the house do whatever
3: Uh
2: but yeah um yeah so women we might find ourselves saying like you're not sticking up for me or you're not defending me um you know when maybe what we're really dealing with and what we're feeling is like i don't feel confident." I don't feel self-assured. I'm mature of myself right here. Maybe I don't feel powerful enough to be able to love myself enough in the presence of something that scares me or intimidates me. So it's like, instead of facing those feelings, I'm like, well, you didn't stick up for me or, Mm -hmm. you know, I want you to make me feel worthy and valuable when really like that's my responsibility is knowing that I'm worth that. Like accepting that love over myself that Christ gives me, and knowing mm-hmm. that I am valuable, instead of wanting him to
0: prove to me my value, yeah, right, right, mm-hmm. definitely. I think also uh, feelings of anxiety can cause us to project, and I'm saying that because that's definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you know, just being anxious about uh, circumstances, or it's the future, or maybe socially, whatever that may, um, whatever that may be, that makes a person anxious. It can sometimes just. Pr- cause you to just project feelings um, due to that anxiety on your, onto your spouse. um, And that's no fun either. Um, But yeah. Um, And then also preferences to our upbringing. Um, Share with us, Austin, what you think about that?
3: Well, I think in in this case, you know, you might find yourself saying something like, Hey, you need to take care of my needs. Um, You need to make me feel this way. I want things to be this way. You're not doing it the right way when what we're really dealing with is like, okay, I'm not taking hundred percent responsibility for my own happiness or my own joy. And, um, I'm assuming that you'll meet my need. And this sometimes is more of an unconscious, you know, um, it's hard to articulate this unless you kind of know this is what's going on. But you know, what we might be dealing with is like, um, I'm assuming that you'll meet my needs like my parents did. Um, and so instead of taking responsibility and saying, okay, like, I am in control of my feelings. I'm the one feeling these emotions. I get to respond to life. Like, you know, we believe that the word responsibility means that we are response able. And so, you know, if, I, if I let go of my ability to respond, then I let go of, you know, control over my own life, you know, and like that's responding to the promptings of the Holy spirit. That's responding to God's calling on our life. And, and so when we lose that, it's easy to be like, Hey, you're not making me happy. Like, like these are my childhood preferences of, of love and safety and security and all these things. And you're not doing that for me. Um, right. and this is what I had growing up and I still want that, you know, versus how can we make a powerful agreement and commitment mm-hmm. to, um, supporting each other, uh, in a way that's a win-win, um, in our marriage going forward.
0: Right. And even if, and even things that you didn't get, mm-hmm. uh, from your parents. I think a lot of a lot of times people do that as well. So where like, you know, there are things as you grow up, there are things where I guess you may have felt that um, you didn't get that you desire. And then you just like require your spouse to do that and then project on them if you feel like they don't.
3: Yes. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So yeah. that's also um, another thing that I think um, is just valuable to be aware of when you're doing it. Um, Another thing is um, flipping the projection and I'll let, you know, kind of Sam go on this because this (laughs) is like his thing.
1: Oh man, (laughs) all right. So this is something I have become keen to, uh, to, I guess, uh, spot or detect. And um, that is when someone is flipping the projection. That means that like, let's say you, there is something that you do want to bring Uh, to awareness within your relationship and you talk about it with your spouse, like, hey, you know, um, can we talk about this? And they say yes. And then you talk about it and you say like, you know, it kind of bothered me when such and such or or whatever happened. And then the first thing that comes out is, uh, well, you didn't do blah, 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 blah. And that's why I did blah, blah, blah. And now we're in this whole back and forth about You know, I guess who who was the original uh, the the original offender?
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then and then at that point, both people are projecting on each other. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely um, another thing that we've kind of kind of wrestled and kind of worked through in in our marriage as well. And I think that that's something that our listeners um, can definitely um, just keep in their back pocket mm-hmm. and just be self-aware again. Um, so yeah. the cool thing about having you guys on the podcast um, today is that you guys, like you said, you do this with couples on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And um, you guys have strategies where you're hands on. Um, and when things like projecting in marriage come into play, you have actual um, strategies to, um, walk couples through that and have them break down the steps they need to take just to kind of um, stop projecting. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I know we kind of touched base a little bit before hitting the record button um, and you were kind of shared with us the strategy that you guys use. And I would love for you guys to share that with our listeners.
3: Yeah, we'd love to. You want to you wanna tell them about the game?
2: So we call this spot the projection game and we just kind of invented it one night. Austin will give the example um, of how it happened. But um, so basically what we always say, like you have to have an agreement in your marriage before you do any of this kind of stuff, instead of Mm -hmm. like dipping your toe and trying to um, give this to your spouse is like, Oh, you're going to do this. Or I see you projecting. You're going to make an agreement um, that when one of you has a complaint or a negative comment about anyone doesn't have to be each other. um about anyone you can ask each other is there a projection there
3: yes (laughs) yeah
2: this is great we were do you want to tell us we're (coughs) out on a date night
3: (laughs) yeah so and you know the key to this game really one of the beliefs that we hold and this is something that one of our mentors has really helped us understand is that when you're not in flow Mm -hmm. there's a lesson to be learned and so when you and your spouse are not in flow like just in flow, enjoying each other and, mm-hmm. and loving life and, and being thankful, um, there's a lesson somewhere. And so, yeah. if you think about it, there's really no place in life for negative comments or criticisms of others. There's just not. Like, all it does is it just kind of brings the, the mood down, it brings the energy down, and um, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not building people up, it's not glorifying God. And so, you know, we just kind of made an agreement one day that we were like, hey, we want to end negativity, we want to end comments about others and so we're gonna come up with this game and so the the example we literally came up with this game over dinner oh my gosh it's so <laughs> great and then <laughs> so we came up with this game and we we're walking through the we're parking a lot yeah we're yeah, on date Have night a
2: good time.
3: yep and so um we we're walking through the parking lot and some suburban had parked just dead center over a parking spot La- the line, the like, dividing line. Yeah, two spots. Right. So, so this, this guy or gal was taking up two halves of two spots. And I literally, I looked over the car and I was like, I was like, man, what on earth? Why do people think that they can just park in the middle of two spots? You know, we had to walk a long ways because this parking lot was really full. And I was like, I don't know if I said like, this person's entitled or like, how on earth does someone think it's okay to do that? And <laughs> I, as soon as the last word <laughs> left my lips... I knew it. And Rachel's like, oh, what's the projection there? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was like, crap. And so basically, um, immediately, like, we're big believers in that, like, um, you know, all feelings are attached to memories and memories are attached to feelings. And our body wants stuff to come up. And so immediately, I just sensed into the story of back when I was in high school, what I would do is I would get to school right on time. And I would park illegally. And then in third hour, when all the work-release students left, um, I would typically get a call from the office saying, Austin Holt, please go move your red car. And right. I'd go move my car, and I'd have like a front-row parking spot because all those kids just left. And, <laughs> and I remember someone even in my class was like, why don't you just park the right way? They call you every day to move your car. I <laughs> am like, well, I don't want to walk a mile to get to the building and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, it was like I – by that guys or gals, what I perceived as entitlement, um, instead of like when that, like we have associations, like if we didn't have an association or an attachment to someone's negative behavior, we wouldn't even notice it. We wouldn't even care.
0: Right. right. Um,
3: now if someone's beating someone or, you know, um, you know, uh, berating someone, that's a different story, you know, but like typically if we don't have an attachment to it, we're not going to notice. And so I noticed that guy parking there. I said the entitlement piece, and it was like, it was like instead of being like, oh, I've been there, I've been that guy. I was like, (laughs) wow, this guy is so ridiculous, blah blah blah. And so that that was it. So like, and it was like, oh my gosh. And so I think we literally went live in our private Facebook group for our members and shared the story, and everyone was dying because it was just like, you know, we're really transparent with how we're continuing to grow and and learn and stuff. Um, Another good example. Um, I can got, give this one. Yeah, right? sure.
2: Yeah, so because this one's me, like, one thing that I do is I tend to notice in Austin flaws in his parenting. Like, he's not being patient enough with the girls, or you spoke this certain tone, because that is my biggest struggle as a mother. Like,
3: mm-hmm. when right.
2: Feel like, I'm failing. It's like because I wasn't patient or I, um, wish that I would have said something different or whatnot. And so it's so easy for me to see it in Austin. And when I see him, maybe even not even like the other day, it was like, he didn't even have a tone, but it was like, I perceived it that way because I was feeling feelings about myself and it was easier for me to see it in him than sharing those feelings about myself.
0: Yeah. So how, um, that kind of you, what you're talking about exactly what was in my brain. So, um, how, do you establish that balance? Like, you know, of like wanting, like not projecting, not using something that maybe you relate to, to project, but mm. then just having a gen, gen, genuine desire, I guess, to be heard. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yes, yeah.
3: yeah we want to be heard. It's, yeah. yeah. Great question. And honestly, you know, we made an agreement in our marriage to ask for what we want uh, and to not, to not have fear and asking for what we want when we want it and give each other the opportunity to honor uh, the requests that we make. And when we ask for what we want, we skip the whole drama triangle. Uh, we don't need passive aggressive defense uh, like projection uh, to convey the point that we want to convey. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we also agreed that we would be emotionally transparent and that we would both take hundred percent responsibility for what each of us is feeling and experiencing. So it's like, instead of saying, you made me feel this way, we would maybe say, hey, babe, when you said blank, I felt blank. Yeah. So that way we remove all blame mm-hmm. and we just have 100% responsibility. And when we both do that, then we are helping heal uh, old wounds. We're nurturing growth. Um, we're creating trust and vulnerability because there's no blame. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and, and it's all about sometimes the way that we just rephrase a complaint from blame to responsibility. And so yeah. we can... We can, we always hear each other because we try to be emotionally transparent and all we do is to say, hey, babe, when you said that, I just felt, I felt sad or Mm -hmm. I felt angry or I felt happy or I felt this or this. And that -hmm. that creates a communication that's based in one, emotional literacy, uh, two, emotional intelligence and three, just emotional transparency. I mean, like Mm -hmm. that's what we believe intimacy is, um, is that we can share how we're feeling and what we're experiencing authentically. As, day, it as it yeah. happens, uh-huh. uh, day in and day out. And so yeah. really it's like the boundary is that there's not, I guess there's not really a boundary, but it's just that we've set guidelines that says, hey, you have permission to ask me for what you want, uh-huh. to be honest with how you're sharing and how you're feeling um, and, and and vice versa.
0: Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I think that's definitely beneficial and just changing that dynamic of communication can be just groundbreaking um, for your marriage. Um, We love hearing all this stuff and we love what you guys are doing um, for all the couples just nationwide and everybody who you guys reach. Um, I know you guys have your um, Thrive for Life Marriage Weekend and I think that'd be great for our listeners just to kind of hear what that is, um, when your next one is and just overall how our listeners can find you. Uh, Oh, great. Love to. Awesome. So our Thrive for Life weekend really takes everything that we've walked through
2: and learned together and we do it in person. Like actually like what Austin was saying, how our bodies, our minds are connected, how those emotions and feelings want to come up. We do a lot of fun activities that really help couples connect on a deeper level and completely transform their marriages. We have more stuff on that online. You can watch video about it. Um, our next weekend is October 13th and or 11th through the 13th. And you can find everything about that at our website because marriage com. If you're thinking, why should I look at your website? Because marriage matters.
3: That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: right. right. Stuff right. like that. You can find all that on the website. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Because marriage com will have everything that anyone could possibly need to know. And um, you know, we just encourage people that, you know, asking for help in your marriage is, is kind of the first step you know and um, all of us are in different places we've experienced different things and we just want to really encourage people that hey whether you know you think your marriage is great or it needs a lot of work um, the the best step is to say hey I love you enough um, to be willing to grow and to be humble and to hear different perspectives and have accountability um, we provide all that and because marriage matters and uh, we'd love for anyone who's listening that's interested in taking their marriage to the next
1: level to check it out all right, guys. Um, we definitely appreciate you guys for joining us on this, this is podcast. Great. This, this is was so amazing. Great. Yeah, we um, love it. I, I gotta have more conversations with y'all because uh, <laughs> a wealth of just knowledge that I gotta, you know, definitely get uh, up to speed on. Because, uh, yeah, you guys are definitely, um, on. I, I really like the the knowledge that you were able to share with our audience today. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. We're, we're thankful to be here and honored that um, you guys would have us.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. um, That wraps up the podcast for this week. Um, Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your evening and we'll see you when we come back. All right. Bye.
3: Bye Bye-bye. Bye.